Welcome to the show. This is the Bot Brothers AI for Educators. I'm Mike Pearson. And I'm Pat Burns. We have a fantastic show for you today. We have all the way from uh, West Coast via our friend, Miss Stephanie Beck, who is the librarian we had on, what, two episode, episodes ago? Um, we've got our, our new West Coast friend named Lee Morell. Uh, she comes from um, background in uh, Spanish, teaching Spanish as AP language. She does a uh, year two and three Spanish. She's done some Duolingo stuff with the AI, so we're interested in hearing that. Um, she's she's been teaching for for as long as Pat and I. She's got a BA in Spanish language, a master's in ed tech. She's done middle school. She's done high school. She's been a technology integration coach or specialist, which I think I know what that means. Um, she's been abroad for some years. Um, so we're super stoked, and I'm going to use my California speak here. It's going to be a gnarly conversation. I don't know if it, you say gnarly anymore, but um, this Midwestern Chicago guy, I think I can speak for Pat too, like our Midwest coast, our, uh, what do they call it, left coast? No, you're left coast. We are we're third the, coast, aren't we? Third coast. The third coast beats the West coast. We're super stoked. Um, so Lee, anything you want to add to that awful introduction? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, right on. That was great. Thanks. I'm I was wondering if you could make us sound any older by saying gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> like how, how, tubular, like totally tubular. Age, right? You know? They were raised yeah. in the 90s, 80s, 90s, something like that. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. yeah well, I, had to, I had to say it. That's all good. It's all good. Uh, so, so Lee, so it's, it's great to have you, obviously, as Mike was saying. Um, why don't we just kind of kick things off? I mean, the, you you teach Spanish. Um, I, I actually am really curious because you, you have some abroad experience and, and Mike and I love to travel. Um, I'm kind of, I'm actually just interested in like that story first before I get into like the, the more kind of like domestic U.S. stuff. But like what was what was that experience? Can you talk to us a little bit about that for us? Yeah, sure. It was uh, it was a really interesting experience. I'd always wanted to teach and live abroad um, after I did it in university. Right. So I always wanted to do it. And didn't know how to pull it off. And I had two friends that uh, went to live and work in Vietnam with their family. Of, they were a family of five. So three kids and the two of them are teachers. And I was like, you know, if the two of them can manage that um, as a single person, I can figure this out. So um, I got a job in the Caribbean and, you know, left, packed everything up and, and moved and started working. And it was, it was really, it was, it was, really interesting because, you know, I've always, public education has been where I've lived and, and done everything and really believe strongly in public education. Mm -hmm. And to go and work at a private school, it was just like sort of very different, you know, kids and families, but such um, a wonderful experience because it really, kids are kids <laughs> everywhere you go and schools are schools. And so mm -hmm. you see mm -hmm. the same you know, pain points, you see the same struggles, you see the same success, similar successes, right? And it's just mm -hmm. getting to work with kids was was an amazing opportunity. And, and being privileged enough to have tiny class sizes was mm -hmm. also a real um, amazing thing to do. Yeah, I loved it. So I did awesome. that. Yeah. And Ecuador. So I think it's interesting that that you've had that experience over We'd say overseas, but it's not really overseas. It's over a lot of land, right? To get down there. Um, <laughs> wow, but, um, you sound like an English teacher, Mike. Well, I'm just thinking about it. Like, oh, wait, I went overseas. No, you didn't. You just went south, right? It was the same time zone, whatever. Um, 
But I was thinking about how you said like, it's kind of the same thing. Like the kids have similar struggles and similar this and that. And I started thinking about AI and there's this big promise of AI to kind of shift everything. And, you know, and I can, I can go down that path, but I also sometimes think about how, man, when, when you're teaching, it's just teaching and, and no matter what tool you have available, there's always very similar struggles, you know, and I wonder, wonder if you could maybe speak to that or if, if you're ready to talk about that, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. So um, working abroad, I was mostly an instructional coach, right? So I was out of the classroom, um, except for that because I have a master's in educational technology, one assumes that I am a technology teacher. Um, so right. I did uh, taught a high school uh, computer science course, which is completely oh. um, not my wheelhouse, but it was really fun to sort of help guide the kids to find their own resources to teach themselves. <laughs> computer science, uh, you know, that just trying to employ like uh, design thinking and, and helping them figure out uh, really just about the process of learning as opposed to the outputs while also trying to learn basics of computer science. But, um, yeah, I've lost the train, my train of thought. So what were we saying? Well, so uh, I, struggles, I, I was, struggles. Yeah, well, struggles. struggles and like and like AI is kind of promising to like almost be a virtual tutor, you know, kind of solve all educational problems and even right. um, recently, uh, the the guy that does um um help me out, Pat. What's the I'm what's trying the, to think where you're going what, with it? Uh, it must really like, be late for us, isn't it? It is late. It's later <laughs> than we usually do these podcasts, but the um Gosh, the tutoring, like oh, oh you're back. talking about Sal Khan. Is that what you're yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so what happened this week? And and you're nodding your head, so I think maybe you know where, where we're going with this potentially, but there is um so Sal Khan um creates a Khan Academy, right? And everybody right. is familiar with that program and it's great. Uh a lot of schools utilize it, fantastic. He just dropped a a TED talk video uh, within the past seven days, I think, maybe nine, mm-hmm. um, you know, week, week and a half at most where he is, and actually Mike and I have read about this previously, where there are some test schools that they've had, that they're affiliated with, where they essentially uh, created a, a bot, if you will, a, mm-hmm. an assistant, an AI assistant for every student in these schools. And so they're calling it Conmingo. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Conmigo. Yeah, it's totally a pun, right? So, so it's, it's so like Conmigo in, in Espanol, right? right? So it's like that, but it's Conmigo, right? So it's a little bit different. Um, in any event, I love that you explained that to a Spanish teacher. That well, was I, I, it was more for our listeners. I, she's <laughs> looking at me like, yeah, fine. I know that you fool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Okay>. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. So, so he creates this and the, the, the potential is, is massive. I mean, if other schools or most schools try to adopt it, then essentially stu- students will have this, what he's calling a super tutor uh, right. in, in, in any sort of, uh, uh, field, right? So uh, it, it's just it's just kind of staggering to think about. Well, how does that then shift things for us? Uh, I, I I don't know. Well, you, you were you were you have some experience with Duolingo, uh, that program that does its translations and teaches you how to um, uh, to learn a language. Correct? Is it, right. I've never really used it, but uh, can you maybe talk to us about how how that wor- works and if you see any sort of I, I don't know with this information. So Khan's Conmigo, like, do you see any sort of interesting sort of things that teachers might be able to do? Well, I think it's super interesting because, um, like, so Rosetta Stone was the first, like, you know, teach yourself at home. Right. Um, they started using it with ESL a lot in schools. They d- did programs with it. And I mean, it has, it has a place. Um, Duolingo sort of is sort of like 
it has a way to help you learn vocabulary. I mean, I've used it, a, I've used it a bunch trying to experiment, figure out how I could use it with my students, but I really find that it's, um, it's, I can get to a certain point, but I never retain anything when I'm mm. doing it. And I feel like, mm. I, and I get, and I get for me in terms of the way it's gamified, like I just want to get the stars. And, oh, okay. but that doesn't mean that that's right. what's going to work for all the kids. So I think as an addendum to something else, it can be yeah. really powerful. Um, their new AI, um, yeah, it was really interesting. Duol- Duolingo's AI. Yeah. Duolingo yeah. has, has Im- implemented, um, it's got a, it's brand new. It just came out. Um, and it's, it's with their premium service, but you can try it for like two weeks for free. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you do it'll just simulate a conversation and i think that that may be the most powerful part of it the problem one of the problems is that it's not oral language it's all written language um which which is acquired last you know in terms of uh, a second language but um it was really interesting because um so i i dictate to it because it's easier than than typing so i went back and forth and had this conversation with their with their chat bot and it 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 does a conversation. It responds to like, if you, ch- I tried to change it up and it, it responded to and, and my changes and followed through with the conversation. And in the end, it gives you analysis of how your conversation was. So it talks about your grammar and your, how you could say something better or this or that. Oh. And, and it's a really nice meta analysis of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, which, which is, which has a place, but there's um, a lot of research and a lot of sort of two camps in terms of language acquisition or learning is, are you acquiring language? Are you learning language? Um, it, learning about the grammar doesn't really necessarily speak a language mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, that that's not, you know, you can learn, you, you can spend all this time conjugating a verb, but never right. in a conversation, do you have to you conjugate a verb, right? I, I you have to communicate. I appreciate you saying that because I remember uh, I got my master's, uh, my manager, my minor in Spanish. Oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> Mike's just laughing at me. Um, I got my minor in Spanish in college and I finished my program in uh, Madrid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I distinctly remember thinking, oh my gosh, if I just moved to a Spanish speaking country, I would have saved years of trying to learn it because right. uh, my confidence just shot up through the roof. Like I, I, I hated speaking it in a classroom setting in, um, in the States. And, and it was, and part of it was the confidence, but also it just felt kind of contrived. But then when right. I was living in the culture, I'm like, oh my, and like I had to, it was more of a survival school. I had to figure it out, but people were super kind for the most part and, and helped me kind of work, rework it and say, no, you're actually making sense. I'm like, oh, okay. But real Spaniards were saying it. Right. Um, and it made a big, big difference. But you know, what's crazy to hear you say that about Duolingo and maybe think about uh, all this AI technology where like they're integrating um, or, or that you can have like images, not avatars, but like or video. But if there's a way mm-hmm. to couple that with the conversational piece you're talking about, it would seem to me you could maybe start to, to mimic or um, simulate, right? This, this idea of a conversation so that you can right. get that spoken part out. Because the spoken part, I think is like, is so core, so essential when learning a, a foreign language. The written, it's like, okay, it's nice, it's helpful, but you gotta get that practice in because and it helps you feel more integrated into the language and it's, it's also more fun. Right, for sure. Well, it's that, that moment when you're communicating um, and having real communication with someone else, mm-hmm. not this, you know, uh, you can, mem- you can do a memorized speech, you can do a, you know, a dialogue that, that you practice, mm-hmm. but that's not, it's not really communicating, right? It's all memorized language that you're, you're using. So it's being able right. the Duolingo, at least it gives you a context, which is so important to 
you know, language learners, especially when they're in the novice or intermediate level. And then, um, so they know what they're talking about. Um, it was interesting. It wasn't tied to any sort of level. It didn't seem, um, which, which will be interesting, like as, as it develops more and more, um, I'm hoping that eventually it will be able to have you talk. I mean, I always try and mess it up and, and speak with a terrible accent and it, it does a really good job of understanding, um, you know, what I like to call Valley girl Spanish, which oh happens a lot with, um, Gnarly. a lot of our students here. I, would uh, love just, to, I, don't, I didn't even know that was a no, thing. Wow. What, 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 what are like some <laughs> special like ticks, like, like things that come with it? Is it just inflections? Is that what it is? It just like, they, right. No, no, it's like some our students. Like... No, it's our, you know, your students, when they're learning a language, it's like the, um, one of the last things that happen is, uh, um, an accent, right. Or losing an accent right, or acquiring right. an accent. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they're, they're speaking, um, Spanish with a Californian, if you will, intonation right. and, and, and speech they're trying. And some of them are trying more than others. And, but sometimes the, the, it's just, you know, it's some really wonky pronunciation and, um, and, but Duolingo will still understand you even with bad pronunciation, which is true for the most part with a native speaker. Um, it, depends on how sympathetic that native speaker is like um a trained person okay. a person working at the train right. station not necessarily as sympathetic as you would think but you know someone on the street might be you know willing to work with you and you know as you it's that negotiation part of communication right so so is, is it's a duolingo can is it verbal that you that you talk to it and it talks back or do you talk to it and it types back or do you type type to dex i did yes yeah, oh. yeah. So you have to read something would do. Yeah. Do, do kids want to read it? That'd be, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's always my question. Like, you know, yeah. like, well, cause, because like I, so I, with my sophomores, I, I created this big, like a AI tutor prompt and I gave it to them. I was like, dump this in there. And then it does the output because they all, they all had open AI on their computers. And then I'm walking around the room and I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, and, and the kids are like, well, what am I supposed to do? I go, did, did you read the output? No. No, I'm like, you didn't read it? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do this? And I was like, oh, yeah, you have to read all this. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the struggle in an English class in the first place. You well, know? Yeah, and, and, then, so, and then try and get them to do it in Spanish, right? <laughs> right. right. And so that's why you can speak, right? And then, and then it's going to give you the output. But then if you don't read. So, you know, what Pat was saying is like, it, it's common. There's going to be like some sort of avatar that's going to speak back. Yeah. And that sounds great. And it, I, I guess it has context, but, but I mean, the context when you're in a, in a different country is that you're surrounded mm-hmm. by everything. And there's a real exigence is a real reason for having to speak because you're trying, you're mm-hmm. actually trying to go somewhere or you're just hungry. Right. 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 And, and so like going back to the original, your original kind of story about when you were in, you said Ecuador, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading a, a book called Enrique's Journey. He's from, he's from Honduras, right? So anyway, um, so when you're in Ecuador and you're saying, yeah, the kids are kind of the same, like they're the same experience, the same, not same experiences, but some of the same difficulties. And, and one of those struggles is just getting the kid to want to do the, you know, do the thing, right? Whatever the class right. is. And so that's why I was kind of, the first question was kind of like, we're going to, we have all these AI tools what if they don't use them? Like I am, I am super excited about it. And like an, a Spanish avatar to teach me Spanish sounds great, but then I'm like, but I got, you know, like for me, I got two kids at home and I'm tired at nine o'clock at night. So I'd probably never do it even though it's there, you know? Right. 
We, I have some really highly motivated students. I, I'm really fortunate. The school I'm at is, um, it's public, but in a lot of ways, it's like right. a private school. And um, our kids already start my class off speaking to at least maybe two other languages. Um, so, oh wow, yeah. So they're with I, a valley accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've got we've got various uh, languages from India, um, right? Um, a Persian. A, you know, yeah. um, so, um, it's, it's really interesting. Like they're learning their, the, the, the way they start, they're starting their language they're in English and then they're going into Spanish and it's, so they're, yeah, there, but there are kids that tell me that they're using Duolingo. Um, I don't know if they're using I would, what I, what I would like to do is start polling them and seeing how many are using it and, and see, see what they think of this. Um, I know that a lot of them like it for the uh, vocabulary building, which is, I mean, that's, you know, key, right? I think that that is, if you can really get them with a solid vocabulary, then then I I can mold them and help them and, and make them writers and, and do all the things, right? Right. But yeah. If you don't have the words, you can't produce the sentence. Yeah. Um, have, have you seen, like, have you noticed, I mean, because Duolingo has been around for a while, right? But have you noticed a significant like change? Like, oh, my students from 10 years ago were not picking this stuff up or I'm moving faster than I used to because of this tool. Because with, with for teachers, like the kind of the promise of chat GPT or, or Bing is that we can just produce stuff faster, right? Like as, as far as it, it takes less time to do the same thing. And, 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 you know, people in the business world are like, well, I, I, can, I can work five times as fast because I have this AI program. But are you know, which just with Duolingo, do you think kids are learning five times as fast? No, I think that they have they, you know, while they have more tools, they have more distractions. So I don't not necessarily mm. see um that. I also see a lot of kids that really want to take the easy way. And so Google Translate is, you know, is a huge issue, mm. right? Um, mm. it's great to have one-to-one devices, but we we close them and move away from them just so that um you know, is in your conversation that you were having in the last podcast, it was talking about knowing your student's voice. Well, that yeah. becomes even more important for me when I'm trying to assess the kids in any, in any form, because if it's something that's not done in class away from a computer, um, the, the temptation is too great for them to just go and either, you know, use the, the app on Google that will allow you just translate what you're, the text, um, or, you know, use the look up a word look up a sentence play if we're listening to an audio just play that into a translate device for themselves you know you know it's it's interesting to hear you say that uh because it, it, it we've you know, i think a lot of teachers are having these conversations about how ai hopefully can help us focus on the process and and to hear you say that students but that oftentimes students will kind of just defer to what what's the easiest and in that case it seems like it's google translate but it's it, but it's I guess it's it's inefficient in the sense that it's like it's quick, so it seems like it's efficient, but it's actually not if you're trying to you know legitimately learn the language. And and the problem right. is it's not learning languages isn't an efficient thing. Like the process isn't efficient. Right. It just takes time. It's messy. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's super yeah. messy. And mm-hmm. and and I mean, gosh, I mean, how many times do we still realize we're we're learning English? I mean, I said manage earlier. <laughs> like, what the heck is that? I you said know, gnarly. Uh, you did, you did multiple <laughs> times now. I think it was three, but uh, not that anyone's counting. Um, he's gonna say like hang tens or something, or he's gonna wow, like, <laughs> he's gonna, 
He's gonna start. Wow, you, you know all like of them. or something. Oh you know word. all of yeah. like I do, I do. Well, all the know. words that Midwesterners think Californians still say. Right, right. <laughs> everyone wears tank tops or bikinis. That's it. That's it. Right. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, um, where I don't know where we were. Uh, no, but that idea of efficiency, right? That 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 it's it's not that there's the things like writing. Like writing is not like learning to become a great writer. It's not efficient. It's messy. It takes time. Yeah. So then, how do you build in not only the the patience or help students develop that patience to be able to cultivate some sort of craft like that, like that or learning a language, um, you know, rather than quote take the easy route or take take like the calculator right to, route to solve right. a math problem. Um, and, and that speaks to motivation. And, and that's a that's a tough one. Uh, I, it looks like you yeah. got some sort of thoughts on that. No. Well, I was thinking, you know, yes, motivation. You know, it's really interesting because the the kids that I've got now sort of the in the in, in AP are sort of the end of the kids learning Spanish during COVID all online. Right. And so you've got varying levels of holes within their um, Spanish proficiency and their and their learning their vocabulary and a lot of that has to do with the easy way out and and also just this the um the situation right but on another topic um i was thinking about how excited i am about the possibility of using um ai and having the kids write essays more often um one of the reasons i haven't is because there's just mm. one of me and there are you know 35 of them and i want to give them feedback and I don't want to have them practice without feedback. <laughs> and so if we can get them to use um, chat GPT or whatever to, to put an essay in and get yeah. some like in the moment feedback. And then I can also look at them as well, but like to get that feedback right away. Yeah. I mean, that's well, I so exciting to and me. Something to kind of come touch back to the, the Saul Khan, uh, Khanmigo. I swear he's not paying me for this. It, it would be great if it were. But but what was kind of cool about it is if you watch that, we'll, we'll actually put the TED Talk video in the notes somewhere because I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's about how it, it that the whole program, they, they set up the bot so that it's not going to give them the, the quick and easy answer. Uh, mm. And instead, what it's doing is saying, well, why would you put it that way? Or like, you know, have you thought about kind of rearranging it this way or whatever? Because it's trying to get them to, to figure out how to, say, use proper grammatical structure, for example. Right. So if you're writing that essay, if you're using a, an assistant, an AI assistant like that, then it would um, it kind of guide you in that and kind of engage you in that thought process of like, how do you actually like, you've plopped in your essay, great, it's giving you feedback, but let's go ahead and go sentence by sentence and, and, and kind of figure out how to, how to tidy this up. And then you're kind of learning as you go. I could see that being incredibly useful, uh, especially for a foreign language. No, I think, yeah, I think the idea that you could give them points to work on or like something, an area of focus, because Sometimes it, if it gives you too much feedback, then that's overwhelming, but it's like, and then helping them look at what the feedback was and then, okay, what is my area of focus going to be? Um, Cause I mean, I always, you know, when you break down the writing process, it's like trying to focus on certain things and then also focusing on the test and the test type and, and all those, those pieces, but being able to then also have them write more because mm -hmm. we can get um, more feedback. Um, it would be interesting. Like, so one of the things I was looking at, because one of the things I hate grading the most is the oral pieces of, um, you know, uh, so it's a two minute presentation they have to do. Right. So you do that times 35. Yeah. Do you grade them right there? Or do you record them and grade them later? I record them and grade them later. Um, yes. There's I've, 70, I've, 70 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, plus, the, plus the 70 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's, plus, a, there's a whole new app idea, right? How do you get somebody right. to plug that in and just and have it, you know, kind of grade it for you? Yeah. I auto transcribe it and then, um, and then have it graded, which would be awesome right they're I mean, they're close already yeah <laughs> hopefully close. yeah i mean well, hopefully yes and hopefully no i don't know i mean yes yeah a little kind of it's it's kind of an ambivalent thing right there's pluses and minuses to, to some of these things yeah well i mean because uh, i mean i think that the the teaching dilemma with writing is is ex or or presentation is that if it's a two-minute presentation or, or for us if i mean I mean, geez, I think, I mean, right now I have, I mean, I'm usually about 125 kids total, right? So if you assign an essay, and even if it's two pages, it takes maybe a minute and a half just to read it. Let's right. call it two, just, just for ease. It says two minutes just to read it. That's four hours. Right. Right. Without, and so without, without writing anything without, I mean, yeah. Right. And so, right, there, you yes. know, there's stuff that people do, but, but, the, but the, you know, the point of the AI system giving feedback in a way that is useful, which frees you up to use your time in a, a different way to, to figure out a better lesson or a better approach to come, like to get, to get back in, in the, the, like the back end of structuring the class and what you're doing rather than spending hours upon hours upon hours of, looking at the output that the kid did, you know, yeah. and, and figure out just a better yeah. way just to, to teach and, and to get to know the, the students. And I, I, there, there's the, the, I hope they do that. <laughs> you know, I hope someone's working on, on, on that system. And at the same time, like I, I gained so much by reading their essays, right. About mm -hmm. knowing them as a writer and knowing, um, knowing who they are and, and, and getting to know, their strengths and weaknesses and being able to see their improvement over time as well, not just have some AI tell them that, those things. So it's like finding the balance in there too, right? Well, yeah, because a lot of right. the learning is it's relational. Mm. It's not just simply just, you know, I mean, obviously people use metaphors of like we're cogs in a machine or whatever. It's like, no, we're, we're just not. We're people at the end of the day. And so the technology right. has to work in such a way that it doesn't somehow dehumanize us. Uh, For sure. Rather is, yeah, it's more humanizing. Um, you know, I kind of on that point, maybe it's a strange tangent, but this, this idea, cause you, you've done technology integration in schools before, right? Yeah. I'm really kind of curious, kind of taking obviously what we've talked about here into account and then maybe anything else that you've uh, come across thus far out, out by you, how do you see AI maybe being integrated into schools or do you see any sort of, I guess, challenges with it or, or, uh, uh, yeah, any sort of issues that might arise with trying to. I don't, I, like, I'm not sure how receptive schools may or may not be. Um, I, there, there might even be just kind of just logistical issues that, that schools might want to take into account. Uh, can you maybe speak to some of those things? Um, I think it's, it's sort of similar to what uh, Stephanie was saying, actually. You know, it's the um, how, how do you use it, right? Like, it's about um, how is it implemented? How, how are we teaching kids to use it? How is it? It's so it's, you know, you always start with that fear or you pretend like it doesn't exist. Um, and then it's like teaching them mm -hmm. to use it. And then, mm -hmm. and then sometimes there's this shift to like the overuse of it. And then, then you, then you start to pull back a little bit um, mm -hmm. and you're going to have, you always have your early adopters and then you have your people that are, that are never going to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Um, <laughs> so, but, but I think, you know, I think it's definitely something that we have to be aware of. I think, you know, I know, I, I imagine that our um, English teachers are talking about it, like, like you all, but I don't know that they've 
it's hard. We're, we're kind of siloed in my school, so it's hard to know what, what the right. conversations are around that. I, I've been bringing it up with with my department, and they hadn't really thought about it, and they're they're excited uh -huh. to think about some of the things. So trying to just sort of start that conversation. Um, I know a lot of my friends. So um, that that are um, I have a, that are sort of ed, ed techies, if you will, um, are have yeah. already started bringing it into their classroom and talking to kids about it and like just exploring, right? Right, um, right. But I think we need to talk about we need to think about privacy and how what what are the privacy issues around it. I think um, how yeah. do we protect kids as and and ourselves? Um, yeah, and there's a lot of questions. For sure, for sure. So are you, would you say in your department that you're the one that is incorporating the most or thought about it the most? You are. And so people are just trying to get through the year probably and they're, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. It, it, it is, I was talking to some people and it was like, there was COVID, right? And all that stuff. And then things started to get, kind of come back to normal. And then all of a sudden like, hey, look, here's chat GPT. <laughs> and it's just total disruption, you know? I mean, it's, I think it's a good disruption, but but I think I mean, people just, yeah, the ground keeps on shifting underneath people. And it's just really, it's really difficult. I mean, I've already seen kids using it in class. Like oh, we, yeah. were, we were reading it, we were reading an article and this one kid was putting it in there and trying to get the summary out so he didn't have to read it. Right, okay. so, yeah. sure. Yeah. I was like, bravo. Right. I know. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about how having access to, to the AI tools, like actually we should probably just expect more and better work from our, our kids. Like I, I mentioned that to my sophomores. So I go, you know, this thing can, you know, you, you can get it to edit everything and smooth your, you know, smooth your sentences over. So it seems like there shouldn't be any more editing errors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's something to that, right? I mean, you think about Google Docs yeah. and in and, and Microsoft Word prior to that, they had the spelling grammar check. It's like, yeah, there, there should be some standards that really, you know, if you're getting, if you're messing up on spelling and, and basic grammar stuff, it's like, you're not doing a, a you know, a, a spell check. It's just like, this is not complicated stuff, right? but you do have to have the will to, to go through and actually correct those things. Well, um, I, some of them don't know what that squiggly line means. I mean, it's like, or they don't know how, mm -hmm. yeah, because that's. Accents, right? Accentuation is a big issue. And the okay. kid, when they put it into Google Docs, and it's, there's still no accents. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. let's just click on that right there. Right. Sometimes. Fix that. Yeah. You know, let me, I'll tell you a quick story that happened to me today um, about my own use of AI. I was working on a, a rec letter for a student teacher, and I put it up and I was like, well, let's dump this in, in part of it in Chat GPT. First, I tried Quillbot, which is a different tool, and then Chat GPT. And so chat G as so I had chat GPTs, like, you know, kind of like, this is what you should do. And then Quillbot, cause it opens up in a pane in the Google doc was like, tell me how to rephrase stuff. And then Google was lighting everything up. And I realized I'd faced a moment of a paradox of choice. I was getting three different feedback systems all at once. And I was just like, ah, I'm just going to write this myself. Hey, you know, can, for our, for our uh, listeners, can you maybe explain the, the concept of a paradox of choice? Like, what does that mean? Exactly? Oh, the paradox of a choice is like when you go into the grocery store and you need to buy soap and you walk into the soap aisle and there's so much soap, you don't know what to buy. And so you don't buy anything, right? Yep. Paradox. Like you think the more choice, the better, but sometimes the, the, the more choice you have, the more um, paralyzed you are. Well, and on that point, I, I imagine I, I'm maybe I'm assuming too much, but when you were in Ecuador and, and some of the other travels that you've come back and you've probably had similar experiences, I, I would think I 
I mean, I've yeah. definitely had that coming from living overseas. I'm like, I, the toothpaste aisle got me. I was literally just standing the hour aisle for minutes, I, like five minutes. I couldn't move. I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, how yeah. much toothpaste could you really need? This, the, the IPA aisle for me and the liquor store. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I mean, good Lord. <laughs> I just want like something happy. Yeah. yeah. That's a better aisle to be stuck in though. It is, isn't it? <laughs> No, for sure. Coming from the Caribbean back to back to the United States, like where where all the food is, well, except for some of the produce, it's like shipped in. So mm-hmm. you see all the same brands, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and then wow. you go into Trader Joe's, and you just and it, yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, it, it's it's a stupid like first world problem, but it's a legitimate <laughs> thing. I mean, it's it's yeah. actually a psychological condition. You get. Well, and then when there's that much choice, you just shrug and you just do what you normally do, which, which is why even before there was a, you know, the AI systems we have now, like you, you would get student work that had misspellings. And even though the spell check is, they just were like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, it's not even, it's not even about them. It's just about, there's just maybe too much. Well, so on, the, on that point, then, it, you know, with all the AI stuff coming out, because it's, it's just a bazillion things out there. Uh, and that's going to continue to grow. So that, that, that idea of integrating in the school, schools are going to have to be really thoughtful about, much like with apps, I suppose, right? Like what what seems actually value add, what isn't, uh, what will actually maybe potentially motivate students to... to, to oh, yeah. yeah, I think... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Lee, go ahead. I was going to say, sort of, um, like how, how to write a prompt. Like, like that's, mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, the librarian becomes even more more needed as you know, we have even less librarians than we did. Just like right. they are they are key for so many for so many reasons and for so many things. And and I think underutilized in a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so let me see. Um thank you uh for coming coming out to the show. I guess you're on Zoom and thank you for joining us from sunny San Diego. Um it sounds to me like there is, there, there's similar, a lot of similarities in uh, the Spanish, the, the world and classical languages, what we call it in our school world about um, adoption and adaptation. Um, also that the, that the core dilemma in education is, is always like, how do you get the student to do the thing that you want the student to do, right? And even though we've got all these tools and we've had all these tools and we can see all these different ways, you know, it, it really just, it's just another, another tool, right. And, and maybe they'll use it and maybe they won't. Um, it, it's, it's been very interesting for me to kind of kind of understand that how, you know, the language classes work other, other than English. Um, so thanks a lot for coming on. Um, is there you. anything, any last thoughts or anything? Are you good? No, this was fun. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you a bunch. All right. Have a good evening. Thanks so much. All right. That's the Bop Brothers, AI for Educators. Thanks for listening this week. It's May 2023. If you like that episode, if you like this show, please give us some stars, follow us, like us, share with your friends that are interested in AI or education. You can get a hold of us. Give us a shout at, at the Bot Brothers for Twitter. There's a Gmail, the Bot Brothers AI at Gmail. There's even a Facebook group now. Pat's running that one. It's the Bot Brothers AI for Educators on Facebook. If you know anyone who you think would be interested to be on this show or be an interesting guest, 
please have them get in contact with us at any of those addresses or if you look in the episode notes we've got contact information there as well if you want to get in contact with Lee Morell, it's at Lee Morell. It's L-E-I-G-H-M-U-R-R-E-L-L. And she says she's on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. So just look for that. If you're interested in the Khan Academy TED Talk, we've got that linked in the episode notes as well. All right. Take it easy. We'll see you next week. Bot Brothers. <laughs> the Bot Brothers.